Hello, and welcome to Transforming Talent. I'm your host, Ed Crow, the talent transformation expert for organizations seeking eight-figure growth. We work with those organizations to break through revenue ceilings and realize the business growth that their companies are capable of when they get their people firing on all cylinders. We believe that every business person has a unique voice and a unique angle that makes their business successful. And those are the kinds of movers and shakers that we interview on the show. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you could be our next guest in about 30 minutes. So let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Transforming Talent. I'm your host, Ed Crow, the talent transformation expert for companies who want to achieve eight-figure growth. I'm so excited today. We've got a bit of a different guest than we've had recently. Um, My newly acquired good friend, Dion Pouncil, who is the Chief Investment Officer and Principal at Pouncil Capital Group. Dion, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ed. I really appreciate it. Oh, this is, I'm really looking forward to our discussion. And, and to our listeners, the reason I say Dion's a little bit different is we've been talking to HR types, we've been talking to leaders inside manufacturing. Dion's a money guy and uh, he's a, a big thinker. And we're going we're gonna to pick that brain of his because just in the, in the pre-show comments, he's had some pretty cool life experiences and I want to draw those out. But one of the things I first noticed about Dion when I was doing my homework on him is that his goal is to impact a large number of people, but to do it one person at a time. So, so Dion, where, where does this mindset come from and how was that your aha? This is this is my calling. Yeah. So interestingly enough, uh, in 2021, I was actually on my deathbed. And the mm. doctor told me that I had uh, probably was on my last couple of breaths as I had contracted um, the COVID-19 um, in June, um, in July, I'm sorry, July 6th. And within uh, 12 days, I was in the hospital in intensive care and doctor telling me that I need to get my, my life in order, and paperwork in order because I might not mm. make it tonight. And so I didn't accept that or I didn't believe it because I'm very big on energy and what you allow into your spirit and stuff like that. And so I, one of the two things I negotiated with them is they were trying to revive me is one, uh, I was not taking the vaccine. And then two, I wanted them to allow me to get up and go to the restroom uh, every time because they didn't want me to move because I was just in yep. such bad shape. I couldn't walk. I had um, blood clots in my lungs and things like that. It was very bad. But I wanted to go to the restroom because I wanted to look at myself in the mirror and I wanted to speak encouraging words and speak life over myself and look at myself while I was doing it. And so during that experience, um, I have been traditionally behind the scenes for the last couple of years. Um, And so I've seen the impact that I've had on the people from being behind the scenes. And I said, well, if you truly want to make an impact on the world, you're going to have to come back in front of the camera. And so in that revelation moment, I say, you know what? Okay, I'm going to commit to coming back in front of the camera and I'm going to commit to make the world 1% better. So I looked up online how many people were in the world, 7.5 billion people at the time. 
And I said, you know, 1% of 7.5 billion is 75 million. So I want to help 75 million people improve their lives through financial education and trading. So that's where we got the number from. But I also believe that you can reach one and teach one. And so when you can impact just one person's life, you automatically have a direct impact on multiple people because those people are connected to other people and they are going to share that message and other people are going to see their lives change. So I'm very uh, passionate about pouring into people, uh, pouring into the people around me and pouring into people that we are teaching because we also have you know, financial education and training courses outside of our hedge firm. And so that's kind of how that all ties in. You know, it's <laughs> I'm smiling because one of the things that I'm a, I'm a big uh, John Maxwell disciple. And in right. one of his books on influence, he talks a lot about, you know, how do you multiply yourself as a leader? You know, you can only impact so many people. But if you want to impact the masses, you've got to influence other people to influence other people to influence other people. And that's how we truly make a difference in the world. And so your vision um, is, is kind of one that's um, it really strikes at the core of me because influencers, you know, sometimes we think, Oh, we don't really have a lot of control over who we influence or, or how we influence. And yet your vision alone communicates that. Yeah, we do. If we put our minds to it. Yeah, so absolutely. how is that? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'd say, yeah, absolutely. So, so tell me how, Let's start small. So let's start with your team. So you mentioned you got about 20 people on the team. Tell the listeners how it is that, that you believe in leading them and how that's led to the growth in your firm. Yeah. So first, I believe in servant leadership and I believe in being the change that you want to see. Right. So I don't ask or I don't talk to or I don't connect people to my vision that one, I don't believe the vision and two, they don't believe the vision. So I'm very big on, like I said, energy management, energy control, and I'm very big on connecting with like-minded individuals, right? And I think the easiest and purest way to do that is by sharing your why. And the people that, are, that, that believe what you believe and the people who are like-minded will be attracted and connect to your why. So you're not selling them on anything. You're not trying to convince them on anything. You're literally just sharing what you believe. And if they believe what you believe and or it's close enough, then they're going to agree with you. And agreement, unity, and harmony are some of the most powerful forces in the universe, right? And so um, now you have a bunch of like-minded people that are working towards a common goal in unity and in agreement. And so what I do is I share my goal, I share my vision, I share the plan to get to that. And then I have a pretty good skill set of identifying talent and also pouring into them. And so I'll literally say, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or <laughs> what is your dream that you're looking to bring to reality? And it doesn't matter how old this person is, what experience they have. I want to know what is important and impactful for to them. How does it line up with my goal and vision and how we can work together? And once we identify that, I'll say, listen, this is what I'm looking for out of the deal or the relationship. They'll tell me what they're looking for out of the deal and out of the relationship. And I'll say, if you help me bring my dream to reality, I will help you bring your dream to reality. So for an example, if we have a videographer or a computer programmer or a production manager, 
that's what they've chosen to do, to be a videographer. They want to shoot behind the scenes content or they want to shoot documentaries or they want to shoot um, podcasts and shows. Okay, great. Well, I actually want all of those things. So I can help you bring your dream to reality by giving you an opportunity to film me or film what we're doing. And you help me bring my dream to reality by bringing that vision to life in you know this form of medium. And so with that, people are empowered because people are a little selfish by nature, which is understandable, right? And so if you can help them reach their goals and dreams, they're going to be uh, more advantageous and more helpful and more supportive on yours as you reciprocate that energy. And that's, you know, one of the main approaches that I take. And then two, everybody wants and needs money in this capitalistic society. <laughs> so it helps to be able to afford to bring them on the team and, and pay them, you know, salaries and things like that. But then we're teaching them financial education, financial literacy. So not only are you making money, but you're learning how to make your money work for you. Wow. I don't know how to unpack all that because there are so many cool, cool tidbits in there. I, I want to start with, with the first comment you made and I want to get this quote, right. I got to, I keep, you know, if I, if there's something inspirational um, I tend to write it down and I, I listened to this co comedian, but he's also a bit of a social commentator, uh, Michael Jr. And he said something, he articulated what you started out with, which is, when you know your why, your what becomes more impactful. Mm, yeah, and you that. clearly know your why. And what is, is cool to me from a leadership perspective and a talent management perspective is you let that be the lens through which you bring people into the fold with you. And, you know, so often I think that's a, a missed opportunity in business today is that idea of if I share my vision and you don't, especially in today's tight labor market, should I still bring you on board? Right. I, I think the answer is no. And what I'm hearing you say is that when you share your vision and you find those like-minded people begin to be drawn to you, I would think it, it, that translates into being able to execute on your vision a lot easier. Absolutely. Because now we have similar goals, similar dreams, We've identified that you have the talent in that particular area, but you also have the desire, you have the will, and you have the um, belief. And that thing, and belief to me is very important, right? So convincing anybody about anything, one of my favorite quotes is, whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you are right. You are right. <laughs> If you don't believe that you could do X, Y, and Z, there's no way you're going to be able to convince me and vice versa. So I yep. think that starting with belief and connecting that belief with the why, I think, you know, as individuals, we begin to start collaborating and creating together. And that's really what we were created and designed to do, create and collaborate and, you know, uh, run this world, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So when you bring talent, into your organization, you know, you, you sit down with that prospective employee and you really hit it off and, and you think, okay, this guy, this gal, they're perfect for me. What's life like for them once you shake hands? And as you said, it, it really is a balancing act. You know, I'm going to offer you these, these great rewards and a great working environment in exchange. You're going to give me some, you know, you're going to get me results. Okay. And we're going to work on, on all of this together. 
So tell me what that's like stepping into to a role with your organization. How do you ensure that they continue to have that fire that you saw in the interview process? Yeah, so we're very, I'm very clear on communication. I think communication and clarity uh, are pillars in any relationship. And that's a, at the end of the day, yes, we might be hiring you for a job, but it, we're hiring you and bringing you into the family and it's relationship based, mm -hmm. right? So we can connect as people, we can connect as humans and we can connect on building a relationship of reciprocity. And we have those um, roles, responsibilities and deliverables clearly mapped out. There is no gray area. Um, they, they go through a very detailed onboarding process. We train them, they have books to read, they have courses to complete. Um, and then they have, you know, uh, their modules that they must go through to be able to be prepared. So we're equipping them or equipping them to be ready for battle or be ready for war. When you pour into a person like that, they truly uh, understand your vision to a T uh, mostly. They appreciate you uh, pouring into them because they're learning uh, things uh, in general maybe more also about their craft and even more so about the financial industry in and of itself, right? And you can replace that with any industry. So the clarity, the communication, the collaboration, those things are important. And then once they get in and they see the rest of the team members, you can feel that energy and you can feel the buzz and you can see everybody else, everybody else's excitement. And we just so happen to be working on very cool stuff. Yes. So that, that also that also you know keeps you keeps you sparked and energized. And, and yeah, so I think things are important. So when when I work with with clients on this very thing, I, and I love your term of equipping others, right? Training them well, giving them the tools they need—not just the physical tools, but the intellectual tools they need to be successful. One of the things that I hear is, "Gosh, Ed, we don't always have the time." To train. There's no time. I got all these fires burning and it's my job to get these fires put out. I don't have time to train. What's your response to that mentality? Yeah. So I'm going to go a little nerdy for you for a second. Uh, first and foremost, I don't believe time exists. That's a personal thing. I, I believe that it's a social construct. And so once you get out of that, you can either collapse time or you can just not work within time. So that is a personal belief. And you can ask many of my team members, they believe me and how fast we're able to manifest things. So that's one thing. The second thing is one of my favorite quotes from Steve Jobs is he was talking to, uh, I believe it was his CFO. And the CFO said, Steve, what happens if we train all of these people and they leave? And Steve Jobs responded, he said, well, what if we don't train them and they stay? So now you have an entire workforce of uninformed or miseducated people yep. working towards multiple different things and they're not going towards the goal. And so it actually ends up becoming worse and you have people potentially drilling holes in the vault instead of everybody rolling in unison. Right? Exactly. So um, I don't believe that time exists, but I do believe that you can manipulate time. And so with that, we work on from the moment you, you know, come on board, um, you immediately get your welcome letter. Your welcome letter has all of your roles clearly defined. It has your books 
their delivery or their, their book report dates. They have the courses that you need to take for your specific role. They have your reporting manager. They have your uh, expectations of meetings that you need to be in and what you need to bring to that table. And you are expected to perform. And we tell people, this is the big leagues. If you want to perform in the big leagues and you want to be the best and you want to play in the top game, then you have to bring your A game every day. And we also express, we don't believe in perfection. We don't believe in perfectionism because it doesn't exist and it will hurt you psychologically because it will have you procrastinate and it will have you underperforming. But what we want to pursue as a team is we want to pursue excellence. So if you could do everything in an excellent manner, if you could submit your reports in an excellent manner, if you can speak and articulate your thoughts and vision in an excellent manner, and you can try to take your uh, roles and responsibilities and provide them in an excellent performance-based environment, then we will all be an excellent team. And that's really what we um, choose to pour into our people. That's a a pretty profound viewpoint, I think. Um, As leaders, it's funny, I was was with a client this morning and uh, had a a post chat with the, the vice president and she said, you know, Ed, I, I got into the office the other day and my controller came running to me. I've been waiting for you to get here. We've got this big problem. And, and he proceeds to articulate the problem. And was it a big problem? Yeah, kind of. But her response was so calm. And she just said, OK, what are you going to do to fix it? He said, I'm already on it. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And she said, Okay, and what safeguards are we putting in place to make sure it doesn't happen again? I've already done this and this. Okay, then we don't have a problem. And so, you know, it, it was it was very profound, I think, in in that oftentimes as leaders, maybe we expect that perfection. And and when we do, we get that result of people not wanting to take risks, like educated risks that are going to help us because they're afraid of making that mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I think that you've shared about the dynamic you've gone, got going on in your organization is the level of education and structure that you're pouring in to your people from day one. And, and I want our listeners to really digest that. I mean, you heard Dion say, hey, from day one in the onboarding packet, the reading list. I heard book reports, which, which implies that they're not just reading a book. They've got to do something with the information. <laughs> and, you know, how often do we as leaders write a big check to send our people off to some conference and they go and they, they go to some sessions, they probably party a little bit and then they come back. And what, what happens? Where, where is the return on that investment? Right. And being a money guy and running investments, it's so refreshing to hear that you're investing in your people. So you expect a return on that investment. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very important as you mentioned, you know, return on investment. Um, but also uh, we're still dealing with humans, right? And so when you have somebody who is standing on their word, you see them uh, putting their time, energy, and effort on their goals and their dreams, it's also encouraging and inspiring for you to see. And then that person is also taking time, energy, effort, and resources out of what they're doing to pour into you to help you perform at your peak level. 
right? And so there's also mm-hmm. a level of respect and there's a level of appreciation and those type of things build the loyalty and the camaraderie. And that's kind of the, a lot of the transferable skill sets that I'm very grateful for from you know my days in sports, um, really understanding team. And yes, we might be going for the championship, which is maybe a year away if this is the preseason, you know, six months, eight months away. But from the very first day, very first practice, every swing we may take or every ground ball that we may have taken was in pursuit of winning that championship. Um, and you need to be the you needed to be the best individual that you could be at that position so you could help the collective be a great team so you guys can play and be great over the span of a season to win a championship. And those things are very um, transferable into business as well. And so, you know, I, I work on making those pillars and being the change that I want to see and leading by example as well. You know, it's, it is a great analogy. And um, for, for those of you uh, who maybe have not checked Dion out prior to the airing of, of this, uh, Dion played minor league ball in, of all places, Hawaii. Uh, it was a rough stint, he tells me, but it's, it's a great analogy because when I talk to leaders about, you know, that, that are struggling because they feel like they have to do it, do everything. I, I'm an old baseball guy and I'm, on, I'm an old Bugs Bunny fan. And there's a great Bugs Bunny cartoon where he plays every position. He pitches, he catches, he runs out to catch the ball and he's running crazy. And it's funny as a cartoon, but we can't do that as leaders. We can't play every position and expect to win. Um, we have to know where our joy and our genius zone lies. And then we've got to recognize that in the case of baseball, there are eight other guys on the field with us who all have their joy and genius zones. And together, if we've got the right mix, we've got a pretty cool blend and a chance to do great things together. Um, yeah. But then it takes guys coming in from the bullpen, guys coming off of the, the bench, and not to mention a great leader and manager who's setting the tone for the team. So it really, you know, Sports is a bit of a metaphor for life at times, you know, whether you've played sports or you just enjoy watching them, um, th- there are a lot of correlations there. Um, I, I want to step back and, and ask you to talk about the early days of your firm. So you decide, I'm going to put this fund together. Um, this is my joy zone is, is money management and money education. What was it like for you when you first decided, okay, it's time to start adding team members? Mm-hmm. And did you have any missteps along the way? And if so, what was that like? And, and how did you ensure you didn't have those missteps again? Yeah, when I decided to uh, start Council Capital, I was uh, in the process of leaving um, a venture capital firm in LA. And those partners was great. And I learned a lot. And the partners decided to set that sunset, that firm, because they were looking to do other things. One ran for um, Senate and, and all of that. So oh, they, wow. yeah, it was, it was just, they were looking to do um, other things. And so when I decided, hey, you know, what's next for me? I wanted to decide, to, I decided to start my own firm. And so um, when you think about that, again, you can't do, anything alone. I'm a firm believer that you can't do anything by yourself when it's plenty. You can't pay yourself. 
You can't feed yourself. You can't clothe yourself. You can't do any of those things. And when you think about it, somebody would say, well, yeah, I can get up and put my clothes on. But you might have bought it from somewhere, even yep. if it was online. It got sourced from somewhere. If you planted a seed, where did you get that seed from for your farm? If you're getting money out of the ATM, you're in a bank or somebody's, you know, handling the money. So literally, in my opinion, you cannot do anything outside of your own body on this planet by yourself. And so when we get over that and we get over the pride and we get over the ego, we can really say, okay, you know what? We need people to survive. And so when you take that approach, now it actually gets very, very simple. And then you set some standards of the type of people you want in your circle and in your environment, and then you can proceed from there. And so since this is not my traditional background, I also took an outsider's approach and say, okay, what is the best team that I would be able to bring to the table? So for an example, our head of quant is the former head of quant of Morgan Stanley. Um, very successful quantitative developer, uh, managed millions and billions of dollars. And we literally met side by side at a sushi bar, at the sushi bar at Nobu, at Nobu uh, sitting next to each other, overhearing each other speak. And we built a relationship. And over time, um, he came and joined the firm, right? And so that's being able to build relationships, identify talent, share your goals and visions with people, and then agree on a relationship of reciprocity where both people believe that the deal is fair. And I think that is the approach. Now, as far as hiccups for me, at this still to this day, I don't have a college degree. And so I think it's, it's um, informative, but I think it's also surprising and engaging because it shows you that you don't have to have the traditional background or the fancy degree to be able to have success in a lot of businesses, but for sure in finance, because if you have the will and the work ethic and the desire, if you study enough, you can pass. So I'm a series three licensed commodity uh, pool operator and commodity trader. You can pass one of the FINRA um, or NFA based exams if you put in the work and you study and you prove yourself and you pass the exam. And then you can become a successful trader if you learn and you study and you trade and you win more than you lose, right? And you mm -hmm. can do that from anywhere in the world. You can do that from any environment, any background. And I'm from a single parent home on the south side of Chicago, grew it growing up in the 80s and 90s. So all of the odds were stacked against me in multiple areas. And so if you have that mindset, if you have that belief, if you have that work ethic, and you have that collaborative spirit, you can be successful at anything you put your mind to. And that's the approach that I take. That's awesome. Um, you know, I, I always hesitate after you answer because my brain wants to go off in, in all of these, these different directions, which is, which is amazing. Um, so when I think about where your firm has grown to, um, and you mentioned 20 people, are they all under one roof? Do you have any remote people working for you? And if so, how do you manage the difference there? Yeah, we definitely leverage the global economy, which is something I'm very uh, excited to talk about because, you know, um, we have team members all over. So we're based in Miami. Okay. We have team members in New York, Utah, um, the Philippines, uh, Australia. Uh, we have team members in India. Uh, we have team members um, that were in Budapest. 
So it, it's, it's interesting because talent is talent, right? And when I used to play baseball, bring an analogy up, uh, the scouts used to say that um, you just focus on being talented and the scouts will find you, right? That's, that's um, good. good advice. Because if you're good, the cream always rises to the top. It does. Somehow, some way, your talent will be recognized someday, right? Um, and so for me, there's two sides of our house that we like to call. So we have the quant side, tech side of the house, and then we have the content side of the house. And so each one of those needs a certain level of expertise and a certain level of ability to prove that they can do what they say that they can do. Now, different qualifications on different side of the house because we are in pursuit of, you know, being one of the top industry leading uh, hedge firms. And so you have to be able to perform at that level. You could be the best high school player in America. But when if we picked you up out of your high school league and dropped you in the MLB, would you be able to perform at that level? And would you be able to perform at that level consistently over time? Right. So there are some levels that need to be identified. And that kind of goes into the interviewing and hiring process. But for specific roles, there is opportunity for you to identify talent all across the world, uh, whether that's remotely or locally. However, I do believe that there is a level of energy and a level level of um, collaboration that cannot be duplicated or reproduced without being in person in physical form so there are levels to both sides and i think you have to be very in tune and you have to be very purposeful of the positions that you hire for in person because that energy has a direct impact on the trajectory of your company absolutely it's it's so refreshing to hear that uh, you know, I'm, I, I guess we're, we're, you know, brothers of the same mindset that, you know, talent can be found anywhere. And um, I have a, a, a lot of folks on my team, for whatever reason, they're up in Canada. And people say, well, and how did you find them? Well, I worked with this guy and then he introduced me to this gal and she introduced me to this guy over here. And, you know, you just you, you're right. Sometimes uh, I liken it to the feather in Forrest Gump. You know, that feather just kind of lands somewhere and it, it lands where it's supposed to land. And, and whether it's the, the universe taking care of us, whether it's the vibe we're putting out and the energy, as you put it earlier, that draws the like-minded people to you. Um, I, I do believe that with today's technology, with, with some exceptions, as you mentioned, we can put an incredible team together and they don't have to be within our four walls. They don't have to be in our city, our state, our country for Pete's sake, right? I mean, it's, if you want good talent, let, let's go get it. Yep. We could we could certainly keep keep going because uh, I've got a lot of other questions and maybe we need to do this again. But I'd like you to, to as we're, we're kind of wrapping up, I'd like you to tell our listeners a little bit about your organization, how you help people. And if they want to know more about you and more about your organization, where do they go to find that information? Yeah, I appreciate that, Ed. So again, Dion Council, I am the Principal and Chief Investment Officer for Council Capital, which is a systematic hedge fund. We're based right here in the Miami, Florida area. 
And so you can reach us at pouncilcapital.com, P-O-U-N-C-I-L, capital.com. And so for the hedge fund, uh, we have a, we work with high net worth individuals and accredited investors and QEPs to you know provide risk adjusted performance returns. And so you can do it as a high net worth individual, you can do it as an entity, or you can even do it as a you can invest uh, as an investment club with us, right? Uh, separately, uh, my wife and I do financial education and financial literacy. We currently have over five thousand students, wow. and that. Um, course is actually blossoming into a financial education streaming network. So you can go to moneyschool.com, M-O-N-E-Y-S-K-O-O-L.com and uh, sign up to learn more about uh, the courses in the streaming network. And then for to reach out to me, I'm available on all social media platforms, just simply as Dion Pouncil. And uh, if you want the email, you can contact us on the Council Capital website. And, you know, I would love to engage with you in any form, whether it's you becoming a potential investor or, um, you know, learning about trading and investing for yourself through money school. Yeah. Wow. You have a lot going on, my friend. <laughs> and that's why delegation and teamwork is so important, because I could never do all of this stuff by myself. So I'm very grateful. And honored. Yeah. It's, it's so true um, that if you want to achieve great things and, and those folks who are listening, who view themselves as true leaders, you want to achieve great things. And, you know, what Dion's talking about here and, and how he's built everything uh, that he represents on his on his own. You know, you could look and say, oh, yeah, he did it on his own, but he didn't. You know, he had the vision, drew people to him, was able to build it. Um, and then it doesn't stop there. He's got to delegate the things to those people that maybe he's not good at. And that's why he hired them in so that he can stay in his lane of the things that he's really good at and focused on. And one of those is clearly his vision and strategy for financial education, uh, not only for his clients, but for those of us who want to know more about uh, financial and be financially literate. So, Dion, thank you so much for, for being on the show again. I think we're going to need to revisit this discussion at some point here in the future because there, there are just so many things flying around that I'd like to pick your brain on and share with our listeners. And I'm sure that the listeners are saying, you know, give me more, give me more. Um, but, that, but thank you again for, for being the, the guest today. And, and for those of you that are listening, um, again, you heard all the different ways to, to get to Dion. He is on all the socials. Um, he gave you the, the websites and they will be listed um, out on the uh, podcast as, as well for you to reference. So I want to thank all of the listeners today for uh, tuning in, hearing Dion's story. I know you found it valuable because I certainly have, have enjoyed our, our conversation. And again, my name is Ed Crow. I thank you for joining us today on the Transforming Talent podcast. Until next time, take care. Hey, Ed Crow here. Thank you so much for listening to today's segment of Transforming Talent. If you're a business owner or executive of a business that's on a revenue freight train that you're not sure how to control, or maybe you're butting up against a revenue ceiling that you don't know how to break through, we'd love to have you on this program. Please visit my website at edcrow.com slash speaking 
slash podcast to apply. Now, for our listeners out there, if you got something out of this interview and you'd love to share it on social media, please go ahead and do so. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone, text it to a friend, and post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag TransformingTalent. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're rarely putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to my website, edcrow.com, where you can follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time.